Are you ready? Yo. It's time, time to separate the man from the boy. And get down to the business of sport right here on the world famous Ginger's Perspective. You're listening to The Ginger's Perspective, and with me I have Rob Portman, editor of Ridefast magazine, available in all good stores around South Africa. Rob, let's talk Austrian Grand Prix, and your initial thoughts, I mean, a one-two, the Italian job, they're calling it. Yeah, it was It was always going to be a Ducati that won the race. I mean, the track almost built for Ducatis, you know, with the long straights and, and the punch out the turns, and and fast turns, you know, it's, uh, and well, the, the, the slow happened as well, but just taking a lot of uh, of the problems away from what the, where the, the Ducatis do suffer, and uh, yeah, they used the horsepower, and I was I was glad to see that Yano only got a win. I think he deserved it. He's you know he's a crowd favorite. He's one of my favorites. He's he's a great guy. I met him luckily to meet him at World Ducati Week, and uh, yeah, I think Ducati were hoping maybe that it was the Vitioso that were going to win it after they they signed him for next year again, and uh, not Iannone who they've let go. But um, yeah, it was it was it was great for Iannone, and um, I'm sure his uh, his paycheck for Suzuki next year maybe just had a, an extra zero put on it. I'm sure of that actually, considering that the the maniac has uh, really been in sublime form, hasn't he? I mean, do you think the reason that they went for Davizioso was because he's Mister Consistency and a lot more sort of level headed? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Look, Davizio, um, you know, he didn't do any, himself any favours by taking Dovi out and one or two other little uh, mishaps in the team. So I think uh, Ducati went with Davizio. So he's a good, solid um, choice. You know, you're going to get good development out of him. You're going to get good results if the bike's working and everything. Um, so, yeah, they went with, with kind of the, the solid factor. And, you know, he, I mean, he's nicknamed the Maniac for a reason because he literally is that. But, yeah. Uh, you know, he also made a big choice. He decided to go with a soft uh, rear tie in the race, and it paid off. You know, I really didn't think he would be able to stick it out in the middle of the race when Dovi got to the front. I thought, well, that was it, because Dovi had also looked really consistent the whole weekend. But, uh, yeah, you know, and he obviously just really wanted it and um, was confident in his bike and uh, the soft rear tire. And, yeah, put in some impressive laps and, and made a really impressive move and managed to hold out and, and pick up his first win and Ducati's first win for a very long time. Quite interesting. I mean, since Casey Stoner, I think, in, in 2010, the last time. But interesting, Valentino Rossi and Jorge Lorenzo saying that Yamaha would struggle ahead of the weekend. And then in that final sector, Rossi was power. And, I mean, the defending world champion, Lorenzo, I mean, three and four, it's not a bad weekend out, is it, for the Yamahas? Yeah, not at all. I think they didn't think they were going to be as close as they were, especially in qualifying. They really did give the Ducati guys headaches. But um, Rossi really did want to get one over both Marquez and Lorenzo. Obviously, they both managed to get uh, one over Marquez, who struggled a bit on the Honda. and um, But he didn't manage to beat Lorenzo, and that really was his target. And you can already see... Lorenzo pretty much bragging about that on social media, saying, well, you know, I beat Rossi, I beat Marquez, it's two more points on Marquez. So, job done for Lorenzo, and I think he would be the, probably the happiest out of everyone to be as close as, as he was to the Ducatis for as long as he was. But uh, most importantly, it was about beating Rossi, and especially Marquez, who, uh, he, I mean, it was just a terrible weekend for the championship leader from the, from the crash that he had, uh, having to... to 
effectively dived out to not take out his teammate Danny Pedrosa and then landed heavily on his shoulder. But you could see from the onboard camera that Honda just didn't have the punch out of the turns and he really had to try and make up going into the turns and you know, you're not going to do that with the caliber of riders that are in MotoGP. So, look, he did the sensible thing. You know, last year, Marquez last year would have maybe pushed too hard and crashed out and maybe taken someone out. I was a bit worried with some of those tight hairpins that we were going to see in number 93 with Epsil Honda coming, bombing through and taking guys out. But <laughs> yeah, he did the sensible thing. He picked up more championship points and he goes to Czech Republic now where he's very fast uh, leading the championship. Yeah, still top of the pile is... Is Mark Marquez. I was uh, watching the race and I heard the commentators saying that he refused to go out on painkillers and uh, just with that dislocated shoulder just went for it. So kudos to, to the championship leader for, for going out there. But as you say, the Honda just couldn't keep up the pace. And, you know, maybe he's looking at this going, well, take this one for the team. Let's set the sights on the next race, as you said, and, and continue just to, to irk out sort of that lead at the top. Well, that's what he's got to do. He's got to try and keep um, Lorenzo and Rossi as close as possible. Unfortunately, he didn't make it happen in Austria. But going into the race, he knew, you know, all the press releases were, you know, Honda, we just need to pick up as many points as we can. I mean, the next Honda behind him, Crutchlow got the jump start, but was nowhere the whole weekend, really. Pedrosa had that big crash uh, in, in the practice session, and he was nowhere as well. So it really wasn't a, a track for the Hondas, but they go to Bruno. Where, where they've uh, notoriously been strong before and Marquez has been strong, but it's a different ball game this season. The Hondas are really battling with the new MotoGP rules and can't get the electronics to work. You can see the, the bike just doesn't, you know, let itself come out of the turns and Marquez, you know, has complained about it for a while now, but the Hondas still haven't seemed to, to find the solution yet and can't because remember, with the rules as they are, once you choose an electronic package, you've got to stick with it for the year. So they can't do that many changes to the bike. So they're trying to find other ways around it but at that level you need all the all the power out the bike you can get and especially when the Yamahas and Ducatis are doing what they're doing it's going to be a tough year for Honda but again Mark is doing the sensible thing and picking up points where he can and where he's not fast and he can see he can't challenge the guys ahead of him he just picks up as many points as he can and, and takes them home yeah, it's going to be fascinating in the Czech Republic. Uh, let's chat about uh, the birthday boy, I suppose, in the week, number 41, Brad Binder. He did finish second, but still top of the pops and uh, looking good for, for the title if he maintains uh, the, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I actually had a comment from uh, someone on our Facebook page, and I liked it. It was, the older that he gets, the older he gets, the faster he gets. So, yeah, Brad, uh, it, it was a great job from Brad. Again, you know, what people don't realize, it's so difficult to battle with riders with nothing to lose. You know, all the guys, Bastianini, uh, Juan Mir, and all them, they know we're in the championship, so they're just looking for victories. They don't, not even podiums, so they really just put everything out on the table and go for it. Uh, whereas a guy like Brad, you know, with a championship in mind and knowing that his, his championship rivals, I mean, Fanati didn't even start the race. He was suspended by Rossi and the team for, uh, for disciplinary reasons. He actually... Uh, apparently for verbally abusing his crew chief. So yeah. that could be the end of Fanati's title challenge. And Navarro at one stage was coming and Brad was making a couple of mistakes trying to trying to override some of the little problems that he had. And uh, But then when Navarro went out, uh, I mean, Brad pretty much had the job of just collecting as many points as he could. But again, Brad did the sensible thing, knew he, he had a couple of issues with the bike and just picked up the best result he could. And that was, that was second place. 
Yeah, it's a fascinating that Moto3. I mean, for someone like me who's relatively new to, to watching Moto3 in particular, I mean, they're all of the same bike, same power. You know, it's, it really is comes down to the skill of the rider, doesn't it? I mean, that's the way I see it. Yeah, I see it, 100%. It's pretty much that. Um, look, the KTM and the Hondas are the bikes to be on at the moment. Um, you know, the Mahindras and that a little bit further back. But uh, it really is the rider talent does shine through. And not only that, you know, Brad showed his maturity again. He could have easily... You know, there were a couple of stages where he could have easily run into the back of another rider or lost the front, you know, trying to trailbake too much. Uh, when he couldn't make the turn, he simply picked it up, ran wide and lost those positions, you know, kept his composure and, and came back. And, you know, going into the last lap, I think he was fourth or fifth position and then thought just, you know, to pass these guys, especially with those straights, you know, it's not easy. And he put some really impressive moves on the inside, you know, breaking from a couple of bike lanes back and making the passes on the riders, especially Bastianini, who's, you know, one of the latest breakers in the Moto3. So uh, it was a great ride from Brad and a 67-point lead. I spoke to him this morning uh, via WhatsApp. He was testing there again this morning. And, uh, yeah, he's very happy. You know, he obviously wants to win, especially because it was KTM's backyard and Red Bull's backyard. Yeah. Passes. But, uh, you know, to come out with a 67-point lead with, what, six or seven races left and going to tracks that he loves is, He's a happy boy. Tell me uh, one last thing, uh, Rob. Uh, Moto two next year for Binder is that on the cards? Um, I can actually confirm um, that Brad has signed for KTM, a Red Bull Moto two team. It's going to be um, wow a new slash old team. Yeah, Nikki Io, the current um, boss of Johan Zarco, the current Moto two champion. They will be running um, same team, but with a new bike, a KTM white power built um, chassis Moto2 bike running the Honda engine of course so um, yeah Brad and Miguel Oliveira teammates last year in the IA Red Bull KTM team they've been signed up to ride in the Moto2 team next year so the official news will be announced probably later this week but yeah I can 100% confirm that Brad has signed that deal so we will see him in Moto2 next year which is amazing and you know Stephen Wendell doing what he's doing in the Spanish Moto2 we could potentially have two South Africans racing in Moto2, so wow. yeah, more exciting stuff for South Africans. Well, that's why you are the MotoGP authority. Anything on two wheels, Rob Portman is your man. Thanks very much, Rob, for your time, and remember to get your copy of Ride Fast magazine countrywide.